This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand, providing high-strength formulations to support recovery, elevate energy, and relieve joint inflammation for endurance athletes. Welcome to episode number 236 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Big show coming at you. Got our weekly recaps, got some running news, mostly out of the US, the old uh, sound running track meet with some Australians in action there, which we'll get to shortly. Jails Park Relays, listen to question, training talk, and uh, yeah, Moose on the, on the Loose, Purchase of the Week, Rules of Strava. Not sure what's coming in that segment a bit later on. Welcome to my co-host up in Canberra. Has been away all weekend, but now back in Canberra. Bradley Croker, the fastest 40-year-old in Australia. Welcome. Well, I don't know about that. I reckon you are. uh, Benny Saints faster than I am. Yeah, has he been injured though? I don't reckon he's in 30-26 shape, is he, for 10K? Benny Benny could beat me on one leg. True, he probably could. (laughs) How you going, Bradley, up there? Yeah, good, good. I had a nice weekend in Wagga Wagga. Um, Got back yesterday afternoon, so yeah, it was good. My other co-host, Dan Anglesey, the shoe slinger from uh, the running company Geelong, Julian Spence. Welcome to you. Thanks, mate. I'm just trying to think of any other 40-year-olds off the top of my head that would be running faster than that. Surely there's a few. No, West, no, there West Scott, up there. Westcott's oh, still yeah. going well. He, he'd be, yeah, how old is he, though? He'd be over 45, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think he's, uh, I think he's like 45. I thought I yeah. should have said 40 to 44-year-olds. That would have been better. Because I think he turned 40, uh, he turned 40 just before he did... Berlin to qualify for the Olympics. So he would have done that, what, 2015? So he would have turned 40 in 2015, yeah. Yeah, but so how about this statement, though? Like, fastest 40-year-old who wasn't an Olympian or world-class runner beforehand. <laughs> like, oh, Benny Saint, Scotty Westcott. Like, those guys are freaks. Like, they're going to be good. That's not a category. Matter. That's yeah. like... I was starting that, to get categories with red Yeah, that's age-good triathlon stuff, that is. <laughs> yeah. Fastest yeah. guy is not that good. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. You understand what I'm saying here. Not just an amazing athlete who's got older, like just a, an athlete who's still going all right as he's aged. Thanks, Brady. That's it's what I'm saying. Mate, come on, Give him some credit early in the show. Get him up and about. He uh, he won the fashions on the field, Moose. Did you see this on social media I, over the weekend? You know what? I used to love Burgundy until I saw that picture. Now <laughs> you didn't I'm like not wearing... it. No, I like Burgundy and I liked it, but now I'm, I just don't want to wear it again. <laughs> Something about that is like, too much burgundy on Brad Croker, and all of a sudden I'm like, gee, I'm going to have to change up my cycling outfit now because I was a big, big burgundy man. Well, you're better in the fashion stakes than I am, Moose, because I called it purple when I put it on on uh, Friday. <laughs> Do you oh, just get given the kit and just like just shut up, just wear this Brad look good, but just don't say anything? Is that what happens? Pretty, 
Pretty much, but but the problem is they up on stage. Somebody comes around with a mic and they're like, "Oh, tell us about your outfit." And so you had to like come up with some sort of bullshit about it. But I don't I don't know much at all. They're like, "Oh, I, get it. how did this? Uh, how did this? Where did this outfit start for you?" I'm like, "Well, started with the shirt, which is like a plain white shirt." I'm like, "Well, this at my wedding." <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So we won the couples competition uh unfortunately i wasn't able to enter so they had the couples first and then they went straight into the men's but i wasn't able to enter the men's because we were being interviewed like interviewed straight after and we're still being interviewed while the men's comp was going and i also think that they they if you've won a prize already i don't think they like you getting up for another another crack so i'm not sure how i would have went in the open men but i didn't get to compete what was the prize for the couples uh, so it's like three thousand dollars worth. Three thousand bucks. Yeah, wow. not cash, but this we is got better than winning at Stormers. So we got a five hundred dollar um, like sunglass vet, like so. Um, was it Specsavers? So you, we'll just go in and buy like sunglasses. Um, four hundred dollar jewelry voucher. Uh, five hundred dollars at a couple of different pubs, which we could use for either accommodation or drinks. Uh, what else? A couple of bottles of champagne. Jeez, that's good. Um, yeah, different vouchers around, different vouchers to use around town. And you get the kit made specially for you, don't you? Like Viv's mum or Viv like makes a suit and stuff. Uh, Viv's like mum custom fit. Viv's mum makes um, like the dresses and the uh, headpieces for the women, but like my stuff's just I don't know. Viv just gets my stuff from wherever. I don't know. She buys it or I don't know. I don't. Sure. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I just basically put it on. It looks all right. Sonny's hat. I liked it. Tell us about your uh, your running. So you come off the race, bit of a few days easy, and then into workouts? Uh, yeah, so I was a little bit sore, actually, on the Monday, like Dom's, which, like, I, I don't know. I think maybe because I haven't raced for a while, but I also haven't done a lot of hard, intense sessions, I pulled up, like, reasonably sore from it, just in terms of, like, you know, my glutes were like doms in my glutes, bit of doms in my quads. Um, whereas like when I did a 5K on the track last March, like I didn't have any of that the next day, but I had been doing a few more intense sessions in the lead up to that 5K. Whereas for this, I hadn't really done anything too hard. So yeah, a bit of doms. Um, so I just jogged like pretty much an hour a day, Monday, Tuesday, both at like 4.13s. Um, felt pretty good by wednesday but i like i knew i wasn't going to do a session until late in the week and at one point i thought maybe i won't even do a session um, but I did 90 minutes then on the wednesday 407s uh then thursday morning before we headed to wagga 45 minutes 410s and then decided to go for a run when we um when we got uh in got to wagga that afternoon so i went down to lake albert um it's about a oh, it's about 5.5k lap um so i did that plus a little bit more 405s uh and then I, originally i was going to do a session on the friday but i was just like ah, oh, i might just because we're going to go to the races that friday afternoon i'm like ah, oh, stuff it I'll, I'll just jog but um yes yeah, so i went and drove drove to uh was it lake albert again uh, but ran from there into wagga and then along the river and like wagga wagga has a really really good um uh, bike path sort of um oh, what's the what's the word um 
Uh, yeah, like bike, yeah, bike path. That's what it is. Yeah, they got yeah, but like it, yeah, it sort of links up like the whole sort of town, and you don't really have to stop at any major roads. So, uh, and it's dead. It's like Wagga Wagga is just dead flat, like at the sort of main area. So I ran from there um, out, sort of half an hour back, half an hour. Put the on cloud monsters on, so that was my first run in those, and like I I really enjoyed them. Uh, combination of like a good rocker, good cushion um and feel like i don't know like a fair bit of pop to them so i like i ran average 402s um for an hour admittedly it's like i'll bring it up like the elevation for that whole run was like 50 meters 50 meters elevation in 15k so it's like dead flat quite easy to get rolling um felt good um that was it for the day because went to the races that afternoon then Saturday morning I woke up and I was umming and ahhing whether I'd do a session um, and I thought, nah, stuff it, I'll go and do one. Because I, on that run on the Friday, I'd found a really nice wide bike path. So the, the bike path around Lake, uh, Lake Albert was like pretty narrow, um, whereas the one that runs along the river is like super wide. So I thought, oh, that'd be a perfect place to do a session. And I was able to find almost a 2K like straight. Um, there's only one section where you had to sort of dip underneath a rail line and it was a little bit twisty turny for about 100 meters but outside of that it was perfect so did uh five by six minutes um which this is the first time i've done the five by six minute session outside like up up until now i've always been doing it on the treadmill so i didn't really know what to expect pace wise um but i was really happy with with how it felt um like averaged about three tens for all the reps off a minute recovery um, yeah, slowest was 313. Um, last one was 306. Perfect conditions, like no wind, about you know seven eight degrees. Um, felt really really strong on that session. So that was pleasing. Um, you know, considering the, the sessions I've been doing on the treadmill have probably been closer to sort of 320s, um, and perceived effort probably felt similar. Plus, I think having a race under my belt has just brought everything up a little bit. Just made everything feel a little bit easier. Um, that afternoon, got out for another sort of 35 minutes or so um, on one of the trails. Actually, when was it? 2014, I ran the Wagga Wagga Trail Half Marathon. So I was able to find some of the course that I ran on there, which um, was just a bit of dirt as opposed to the, the bike path. Um, Brian, just yeah. on, the, on the six minute reps, do you yeah. think the being outside not on the treadmill not on the treadmill is like a 50 percent difference and then because the race has brought you up a 50 percent difference or like you think one's more important than the other like more influence uh i'm not i think for me perceived effort always feels really high on the treadmill and i'm, I'm not sure if it's because i always feel like i'm sprinting like for the pace like for example if the treadmill says 18k an hour that's 320s and so if i'm outside and i go out at, you know go out at running 320s like that doesn't feel like i'm running that quick mm. whereas when i'm on the treadmill i feel like i don't know my legs almost for the first rep anyway i feel like i can't keep up with the treadmill even though it's supposedly only 320s um but also i think your warm-up's a bit different when i do the treadmill like i don't probably do quite as many strides beforehand yep. um but i think the race definitely has helped things a little bit uh, because yeah, so, isn't it for most people because I don't do anything on the treadmill but don't people run faster on the treadmill than they actually would outside uh, some do but, yeah but I've, I'm sort of happy now, I'm happy now that I think that the treadmill is re reasonably accurate um, you know so anyway it'll be interesting to see I'll probably do these, this session again on the treadmill in a week or two and I'll 
I'll see how the pace compares for the same sort of effort. So will you just look at heart rate or will you say, okay, let's go for 310 to compare it to the outside one? Uh, I'll probably do heart rate on the yeah. treadmill. Um, but I didn't have my heart rate strapped for this session. This was just wrist wrist heart rate. What, so, what heart rate were you aiming at? Uh, so well, well, up until before Sydney 10, I was basically sitting low to mid 160s. It looks pretty accurate on this croak. So I actually thought you had your heart rate monitor on. Yeah, but it doesn't really dip in the recoveries. And, doesn't it? Okay. Um, but, but, but we will chat a bit more about six-minute session during training talk this week. Um, yeah, so then that afternoon, got out for like 35 minutes. And then on Sunday, um, I did the – so basically the same run that I did on Friday, except I went out further, uh, went out 15K, back 15K, average like pretty much four-minute Ks for two hours. Um, once again, like 80, 80 metres of elevation in, in 30K. Um, wore the cloud monsters again and, um, yeah, felt – Felt uh, pretty pretty good doing that. Ten degrees, no wind, for a week of 100 and, 143k, with you know one one session, one midweek long run and a and a long run. So Brady, it's a family cloud monsters moose. I'm just going through his week. These are the average paces: 415, 4.13, 4.7, 4.10, 4.5, 4.2, 4.8, 3.24, 4.1, 3, 406, 359. That is a lot of... Uh, yeah, but no uh, workout, though. No, I know, but what, I'm, yeah, this I know is what just... Like, and, and, I, I, and, I can't get out without jogging one day. I need to... Like, I just... Didn't, that's, that's just... But look at my run since... Look at my run since Thursday. Like, running... So, if I'm on the Gold Coast and I'm going out for a run, like, running four-minute Ks when it's dead flat and you're on the road is not actually that difficult. Like, anyway. We, what, you, we um, what you've done in Wog is easier. New town. Always go quicker in a new town. But Moose, yeah, he runs I, that pace when he's at home in the bush over hill, so this is probably yeah, easier yeah. than what he's been running. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I felt good on – like, I certainly wasn't – you know, Sunday wasn't pushing the pace at all. And, like, you've run in those shoes – like, those shoes are bloody good. Like, I, I, I do rate them. I, I feel very poppy when I run in those things. Yeah, I've only worn them for my second runs. I've been using them for like that, you know, high stack cushion, thirty-five mm. minute. I haven't worn them for longer than thirty-five minutes, but um, yeah, hearing good things. Obviously, if you've chucking them on straight for a th- like a two-hour run, that's um, you're having fun. Boys, if you like the feel of that, you should get in a proper good shoe, New Balance Super Comp Trainer. <laughs> now, you, honestly, I'm not fucking with you. It's a shoe that's got similar concept to what you're talking about, but about fifty times better. The the one good thing I found so my one criticism of on shoes in the past has been especially if I'm running out at Mulligans they just fill up with stones in the middle of them, um, but luckily pretty much all the running that I was doing in them so far has been on bike path or if it was a if it was a gravel path there weren't big rocks so nothing's really got stuck in them yet but if I was to run out at Mulligans I'm pretty sure I'd end up with a few rocks stuck in the middle. So for your 143k week, you average 403k pace in yeah. your Strava group. I'm looking but, at now. If I change this to average pace, I'll see if you how. Oh yeah, he's winning for oh, sure. Yeah. No, no, then, no doubt. Oh, no, that was awesome. But then when Moose is talking about his weekly like elevation gain, I had 700 700 meters of elevation over 143k week, which is not not a lot. No, I told you not. don't have to worry about that, Crooks. Remember, fitness overrates that. 
Yeah, but I'm just saying it's very easy to get rolling when you're not running over hills. And and every time I go to places like this, it actually makes me realise like the benefit of running over hills regularly. Um, like I mentioned a few weeks ago when I did a long run around Lake Burley Griffin, and Lake Burley Griffin is flat compared to Mulligans, but it's not as flat as what I was running in Wagga Wagga. And even running around Lake Burley after doing stuff at Mulligans, it just makes you feel like more efficient. Um, so there's definitely some value in in finding hills. Good week. You booked those flights to um, Launceston? Oh, no, I haven't booked any flights. I've been trying we'll to get s- you there. We'll see. They're asking for elite athletes at the moment. Get your name in the hat. <laughs> get looked after. Moose, what have you been doing? A couple of uh, long walks, I, I saw. I did run this week. Yeah, I had some runs. So I, I ran, went to the gym, cycled, but no paddling this week, which is unfortunate. Uh, I know everyone likes to hear about my paddles. No, I did. Monday was my first day. I did. Well, what did I do? I think I did minute, um, minute. Oh, let me pull it up. I, I haven't been on Strava. Like, I don't really look at it. Ten by a minute jog, minute walk. So that was on the treddy. Uh, and then the next day, this was also on the treddy. I haven't written it there. It, oh no, there was two days later. It was um, ten by ninety seconds on thirty second walk. So still 20 minutes, pretty much, worth of effort. And then on, like, two days, I'm running every second day. So every other day I run seven by three minutes, first run outside with the yeah. um, with an ultra, ultra Mont Blanc, which is like a their lightweight kind of trail shoe. Uh, it's pretty fun, light sort of grippy shoe, and we had some rain, so it was perfect. Just stayed flat, stayed pretty cruisy, just focusing on form and, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't have a real focus point when I'm doing these jogs. I'm kind of thinking about maybe a higher cadence, slightly, uh, or like landing more under my center of gravity. Like it helps to unload the knee a little bit more. I think as I get my, get going a bit, further into this build I'll, I'll, I won't worry about that as much um, but for now like it's su- such a short such short runs I've got to think about something on s- Saturday mo- Sunday morning four by five minutes with a minute jog and again felt fine no pain getting some good rides in too uh, helping with my initial sort of heart rate reads on the on the, the jogs normally I'm higher than this but I'm feeling fine a rope like fitness wise I think the cycling's been helping. So yeah, like 12K or something, maybe 10, 15, but feel good. Go out tomorrow, three by seven minutes. And by the end of next week, hopefully I'm up to a, maybe a steady 20 minutes or so. And then how many weeks, or is it just see how you go, is the process of like the walk, jog, break it up? Like, I think it, it'll be another week. Is it, I, yeah, and then it's just kind of like continuous, you know, 20 and 30 minutes most days? every second day yeah it'll so you'll increase like the distance the duration of the run to a point probably without increasing the frequency that much then you might increase the frequency and then you might um increase like that well that will naturally increase the volume but yeah there's no rush on this one like this is uh like the this this particular build in my mind is showing me whether i can run again or not um 
just because the injury that I've got is structural damage there. It's not something you can fix and it's not something that um, oh, like you can do any sort of I get physio on to a degree like we're doing everything we can from the physio perspective and and from the the rebuild perspective making it as safe as possible giving ourselves every chance but like structurally I have no cartilage in a certain area of my knee and that will always create problems no matter what we do unless science comes out with something which they probably will like in 10 years when it's too late so this build coming back, I'm going as slow as I can to give myself every chance to um, to rebuild to a point where I can at least do some cross-country stuff and, um, yeah, get to a point where I can maybe run with, like, aspirations of of, of times again. But for, So I'm, every run at the moment is a bonus for me. That's how I'm looking at it, and it feels good too. I don't feel like rushing it whatsoever. Has Ellie or like other specialists like said that with what you've got, like there's a chance that you like won't be able to get back to running like 140k a week? Like, yeah, definitely. Like, and it's it's it, they don't say it, but I know it, and I say and I say it, and they're like they look at me and they go, mm, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Um, so I'm well aware of this, like the uh, like the 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 outcomes for this type of injury or or damage is not great. Because it almost sounds like, you know, those footy players that are sort of constantly battling with, like, knee problems and they just, at, at some point, they just go, like, I can't keep doing this anymore. Like, it's just, you know, yeah, I, I can't get the quality of training that I need to, to do. Pretty much exactly that. Like, mm-hmm. you, I might be able to come back a few times, but I need to know where the, the limit is, and I don't know that yet. I've had... A, I've rebuilt once and I know <laughs> where the absolute over the edge is. Um, this time round is going to be slower and we're going to sort of tiptoe our way to the edge mm. a, a lot more slowly and any type of warning sign we pull back on. Um, there is still some examples of people that have been able to get through this uh, and, and still have a few good, good years left. But I'm going to do it using cycling as a backup, a lot of gym work, um, and lower mileage, yeah, I'm going to probably do higher quality stuff. So once I start, once I'm like maybe a, a couple of months in, um, so I won't be busting the big volume stuff out. I'll be doing some higher quality stuff. And yeah, I just want to get back to, I want to race more. Like given that I'm not going to be competitive for much longer, I just, I want to make, maximize the amount of races that I can do and have fun with it. Mm. Yeah, racing's fun. Um, you mentioned cross country there, and I know you're competitive, and you'll be wanting to smash as many people as possible. But given the knee situation, is it safer to stay on the roads than like in spikes on cross country terrain? Uh, possibly. The knee gets loaded more downhill. That's yeah. for sure. That's for sure. And but once you get to a point, like once I get to a point, hopefully where I have enough strength in my like in my legs, and we're getting a, a better sort of Oh, I guess like muscle, the way that, the way that I'm looking at it is if I can get the a better firing pattern between my glutes, hamstring, calves with less quad involvement, that's the the goal to unload the knee a little bit more, um, and that will come through like strength work and and patterning, which I'm going to work on with this 
exercise fears I see him in a couple of weeks. Um, so one week maybe now. Uh, and then hopefully I can get back to a point where I can throw a cross-country race in and then maybe I stay flat for six, five or six days after that. So yeah. just, just use it, just use it in, in small doses rather than go out run hilly every day like I was. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck. I don't know if I realized it was as serious as that. Did you, Crocs? Uh, I, knew yeah, you were, well, I knew you were in trouble, but I didn't know this was like you'll never, ever get back to it potential. Well, I knew that he'd mentioned that he didn't have really much cartilage, and that was the whole reason he had the the, bro- the bone bruising is because it was, mm. I guess, banging on each other, and bone bruising takes a long time to heal. Mm. Yeah, the like the if you read the MRI, it's not pretty. Um, it pretty much spells spells trouble. And I I had a good sit down with Liam O'Sell. He's a he was on our camp down here, and he he was a ready ologist he talked me through it and he explained what was going on and like pretty much the reality of it all which was um really good of him to do that and it it was quite clear he was probably the most forward of everyone about the potential um outcome but at the same time there there's always examples of people that that shirk that get a bad diagnosis or prognosis and then and then beat that so that's what i'm working on Moose, you know what I reckon was the real bad thing you did was that 16K hilly race slash tempo thing. That handicap one. The handicap one. And then I saw on your Strava, one of the guys wrote, oh, you're really like, you're you're really motoring down the hills. I was flying down the hill. <laughs> and I think I commented on like, my knees are so good. Like, how yeah, good is it? Yeah. Knees he did on the again. Yeah. Yeah. And then that that into the, um, the river run a week later. River run cooked it. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, downhill, I'm like, and then I saw a photo of River Run. I'm like, why is my leg, right leg fully wasted? Uh, and and that, was, that was a good wake-up call, but it was too late by then. Yeah. Yeah. Brady, you had the exciting week. Yeah, come on, Brady. I didn't have the exciting week. Monday kicked off. It was, uh, I was sluggish on Monday, 60 minutes on Monday morning at 4.40s. Um, 30 minutes in the afternoon at 4.39s. So pretty much similar pace, but in the afternoon I felt so much better than the morning. I think probably because I did a workout Saturday and a long run Sunday last weekend that Monday was just a bit of a message from the body just to take it easy because I was a bit, well, not, it's not sore, just just felt overall tired. Tuesday, though, did a workout. Spoke about this last week on the show. It was the 10, 8, 6, 4, 2 minutes. Um, I had two minutes jog after the 10 before the 8 and then 90 seconds between the rest. I uh, went 308 for the 10 and the 8, 309 for the 6, 305 for the 4, and then got rolling a bit in the 2, averaged 303s, but I was pretty much on about 255 pace, 80 seconds in, and then just threw the brakes on for the last 30 seconds, so it looked a bit looked a bit smarter than it actually was on Strava. So um, yeah, good to do a bit of threshold work and then tick the legs over a bit more towards the end there. I love that session because it's like 30 minutes worth of work um 11k in total at 319 pace but you just get those little breaks that break stuff really well and um yeah i was really happy with how this pace was kind of flowing out there are a couple times i think it was in the eight minutes like i looked down at my watch four minutes in and was averaging like 302s and i'm just like okay this is this is a good sign when you got a race coming up to um you know put the brakes on now but it shows that the perceived effort is pretty low to kind of hit this kind of pace so Really happy with that workout. Got out for 35 minutes in the afternoon at 4.32s. Um, 
Because the race was on Saturday, I moved my medium long run. I usually like to have a recovery day on Wednesday, but I moved it um, from the Thursday to the Wednesday to try and hit the race fresher. So I did an hour 45 on Wednesday morning, 4.20 pace for 24.3 Ks. Got out 6.20 a.m. Um, bit good orange doctor moose. You would have liked the orange doctor in Chukamoama that morning. I don't usually run too much orange doctor time these days, but um, yeah, it was good getting out there and seeing the sunrise. The only bad thing is though, you can't hit the trails. You've got to hit the concrete when it's dark. But um, yeah. Tell me, how much did it uplift you for the day? Uh, no, nah, it was a hard day. I because I, then I went to work for the whole day, so it's all right. I reckon if you stay at home, dad and maybe I don't mind doing a medium long run and then just kind of like kicking around the house. But being up at no, nah, I mean the the doctor. The doctor. How much did it uplift you when you saw it? We you... oh that did yeah. At at six forty five when it was coming up, I was up and about. I'm like this is beautiful. But at like yeah. ten a.m., I'm like oh I'm so tired because I've ran twenty five k before work. Um, but yeah, it's a good way to start the morning. And then it's like it's good vibes in the morning too. Like you notice in the morning when you run past everyone, everyone says good morning. But when you run past people in the afternoon, like you don't even bother saying good afternoon to anyone. You ever different noticed that? Crowd. Different, nah, crowd. different, different crowd, different vibes. I've often, I, I reckon it's a young person's game running in the other. Oh Only, yeah, yeah. It's always the young people that can't get out of bed, but then the older crew get out in the morning, appreciate it a bit more. There's I can't, lot, I'm old, but I can't get out yeah, of bed. There's a lot more of those people with their like phones strapped to their arms. You in know, the like, Arvo. Yeah, yeah, in the Arvo, yeah, yeah. And I think it's a bit of a sign of respect when you see people exercising in the morning. You're just like, morning, like, you know, the struggle is real, that they've had the same battles you have to get out of bed and get out to the footpath. Whereas in Actually, the afternoon, yeah. anyone can do that. Is real, like, mid-1990s up there, people running with their phones on their arm? Only in the afternoon, not the morning crowd. <laughs> At a juke. No one does that anymore, by the way. Don't that they? must be an Achuka thing. Yeah, um, no. Nah, no one goes near that. They don't like, have their phone strapped to their arms anymore. No, nah, no way. Come on, listeners, help me out. If you see people do this, take a no photo way. of the tags in there. I reckon 10 years ago people stopped wearing those things. The people wear Bluetooth headphones where you are? Yeah, We've of still course got they cords do. coming out of people's iPods and stuff up here. Yeah, iPod. <laughs> Dis- Discman? Yeah, iPod, iPod like, Nano. You didn't even mean to do that, did you? But it just worked. Discman, yeah. Got a Walkman in their pocket. Um, so that was Thursday morning, got out for uh, uh, 27 minutes in the afternoon. I was going to do 30, but then I got a bit lost. I'll, where this new bridge has been built, we've got some new tracks, but most of them are pretty ordinary, and I got lost, and then I was just at the back of the car early, and I'm just like, well, right, that will do this uh, this jog. Thursday did uh, 60 minutes at 4.29 in the morning and 30 minutes 4.29 in the afternoon, so good to hit a daily double there. Haven't hit one for a while. Friday, 45 minutes and, and strides, did six by 20 seconds, probably at about 85, 90% intensity, like not all out sprints, just kind of like getting the legs ticked over, super cold. I don't know how it was where you boys were, but it was like three degrees, feels like one Friday morning where I am. So um, yeah, that was whew, first time I had to get the gloves out for the season, the long sleeves. So the cool weather's come around pretty quick. And then I just did 25 minutes after work on Friday. Some people may ask why you'd bother doing 25 minutes after work, but I just like, it's my routine that I kind of jog after work and clear the head before I um, roll home, and yeah. Doing sums, I reckon, to hit 100 miles for the week. I'll get to that when I tell him a week in a second, Bradley. But um, I just, I don't know, just that good separation between work and home life, and it's the same before going, like 
before going to work. I just like to get out and clear my head and yeah, get those endorphins going. Saturday morning, boys, Jails Park, round one. You've done Jails Park many of times, Moose, haven't you? How many yeah, times would have you done, times. Moose? I mean, done Jails. Ten? Five? No, no, not that many. Seven? I've missed a few. Missed a few through the years. Uh, I think I've done it, I'd say, six times. Six times. Traditional round one down here, Croaks, of our 10 race series for the Athletics Victoria cross-country season. Usually in April, I'm going to say, it's usually a bit warmer, I think. It's like really close to Easter, usually. Uh, It's always a couple, two to three weeks before Great Ocean Road. It's always around that time. Yeah, well, this year it's only a week before. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, So, um... Two 3K laps croaks down here. Course changes a bit over the years. I'm not sure if you've ran this new course, Moose, have you? You know, they, uh, they used to go up around the playground. Have you done yeah, it since then? Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, I can see from the start line you turn right. You pretty much start halfway up the hill and then yeah. you turn right straight away and do that back end first. Uh, I haven't done that new course. A no. bit like this last year. And then you spend, instead of going up that big hill once the whole way, you only mm. go halfway up it, but you go like up and down it three times down the bottom there. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, we went down. I ran leg two for the Bendigo Bats. Um, I won't talk too much about this because we've got our own Bendigo Bat podcast where we'll go into things in detail with Andy Buchanan. But, uh, yeah, we had a win. We got the we got the win. I ran the second leg. I ran 18.26 for the 10th fastest leg of the day, fellas, which I was pretty surprised and pretty happy with after I uh, saw the results there. I went 9.15 for the first leg, 9.11 for the second leg. Got the, um, sorry, the second lap, not leg. Got the changeover in a really good spot. Like, got it. Nate Stoat ran first for us, and we were in third position behind Western Athletics and Box Hill. And then I just had two targets that I just had to kind of um, try to try to catch and then try who to... Who were in front of you? What, who were the runners? Yeah, so is it Callum Drake from Western Athletics? Yeah, Liam Cashin ran first for Western Athletics and probably put, oh, I'm going to say, 40 seconds into Nath Stoat, 35 yeah. seconds. He had wow. a really good, like Cashin's, yeah, all quality. Yeah, Cashin here, he ran 17.56 and Nath ran 18.27. So, yeah, um, 30 seconds there. So I had to try and pull in their runner. And Nick Baggett, um, he started probably like three seconds in front of me because... Alex Ritchie, he ran 18.25. So, but Nick went pretty hard. He probably got that gap out to seven or eight seconds in the first couple of Ks. And I was actually running with um, a friend of the show, Craig Appleby. He'd kind of oh, went yeah. like, he went he went off really fast from Divi 2. They, their first runner kind of come through in front of um, some Divi 1 teams there. And then, yeah, kind of caught apples and then uh, had a crack at trying to catch um, Nick. And it took me probably pretty much the first lap of our two-lap course to get onto him and then um yeah I kind of made a bit of a move probably with 2k to go to then um yeah I just kept thinking about our next runner who was Matt Buckle um and he was going up against Jack Rayner from Western A's so I knew the Western A's runner was behind me and I just had to try and give Matt as much time as possible um because Jack was obviously going to catch him but we wanted to prolong that for as long as possible in his league so it was a bit of a yo-yo we kind of went from third to first to to second to third and then um yeah Andy Buchanan it was an epic last leg like he had Andy Buchanan Andre Waring Nathan Pierce and Stewie all lining up for their last leg um I think there was about a minute between Nathan Stewie and then Box Hill Andre Waring and Andy were kind of in the middle about 34 seconds back 
and it was just the rain coming in sideways. Everyone's running to different stages of the course. And like we weren't sure what Andy was going to do because he's just two weeks off that marathon. And we kind of thought that he'd at least catch Nath Pierce because I thought that. So, no, no, let's go. Who got the baton first, Nath, Western Nath. Athletics? Yeah, yeah. So Nath Pierce, they they got away from everyone. So they they had Jack run their third leg, um, whereas we had our two best runners. Well, yep. We had we had yeah, um, Andy and in sixth position, and and Saint Stephen's had Stewie in sixth position. So six, um, six k legs as well. We should say. Yeah, sorry, we run six by six k, so thirty six k relay, but it's two laps of a three k course. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Nath Pierce, who does some work for the show, Roman Nath, when we do the Zadipek uh, watch parties. He went off, um, I think it was 34 seconds in front of Andre and, and um, Andy changed together because um, Archie had a really good leg and caught up um, oh, your mate from Ocean Grove, Melbourne Track Club guy, um, 800 Barber. Meters. Yeah, Lockie Barber. Yep. Yeah, Archie pulled him in just in the last kind of 200 metres. So they changed together and then Stewie was like 35 seconds behind them. And then Stewie got the gap down. So then, yeah, so Andy and Andre caught Nath Pierce with like, I'm going to say, 3K. Oh, I probably should know this better. Maybe like 2.5K, 2K to go. And then Stewie was trying to catch them at the same time and got the gap down to about, I think he got it down to about 22 seconds at one stage. But then when Andy... When Andy went past Nath Pierce, he also put in a massive surge to drop Andre Waring from Box Hill and just, yeah, ran away with it in the end. So, um, yeah, it was awesome. First, our first race in Premier Division, and we, and we won. Um, so that's the first ever medal that Bendigo Regions ever won, um, which is cool because this is only our second time ever being in Premier Division. So, yeah, big big news for Bendigo Region, and. Um, Hopefully. A little bit hollow, a little bit hollow for the for the bats. That's probably one of my favourite, like fondest running. I was almost getting a bit emotional. Like I remember going to this stuff when I was sixteen, like eighteen years ago, and um, yeah, like we we always used to look up at this stuff, and you'd always think that Bendigo could never get there because we just never had the culture. Like it's just yeah, it was. Oh, always... you, didn't, you didn't really get there. Someone gave it to you. What do you mean? We ran. We've come it's first. The spot in Div One. You, you go, you're given the spot. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm more. We earned so, the spot. And if this wasn't six, proof that we deserved yeah. it, like we just I bet all too low to. We just bet everyone. I liked that the six that ran for you. I'm guessing. So you got. So Archie obviously um, like lives in that sort of re- region. Andy, he's yeah, obviously Bendigo. Yeah. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. Um, Buckle, Nath, Stoke. And yep. who's the other one? Brian McGinley from a little town called Almore, just about 25 minutes out of Bendigo. Yeah, so it's not like you, I don't know, got me as a ring-in or something who's never been to Bendigo. Yeah, that so, would be completely yeah. different. So I, I do like the fact that everybody who ran for you guys, um, yeah, is from the area, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. We don't have any money to pay people and stuff anyway, so... Um, who's paying people? Oh, yeah, a lot of people. That's why, supposedly that's no, why Joel no. didn't run in... Um, yeah, um, not. Doncaster, because he was meant to run for Doncaster, but then they hadn't organised the financial stuff or something. That's just the like, you, whispers I heard. They pay their in, they pay their membership, or they're paying. No, sorry, paying their memberships. Like, which is three hundred and ninety bucks this year, 
It's, it's um, a little bit of a contract, isn't it, when you do that? 100%, yeah. I'd love mm. if someone's like, hey, imagine if Bendigo's like, we're going to pay all your Premier guys and save you 390 bucks. Mm. And I like, petrol, with... petrol for us as well. Like, we're, mm. well, we left at 7.30, we left at 7.32 a.m. and got home at 7.28 p.m. Like, it was, yeah, nearly um, eight hours in the car both ways. So, like, it's a big investment of time more than anything. And you mm. guys know what it's like with kids, like, just... Like, I'm walking out the, the door saying to Carly, I'll see you in 12 hours. Good luck with the, the toddler and the newborn because I'm going to go run around in the rain for 18 minutes and 26 seconds. So, um, yeah. Got, it's a just, lo- got a local running store that can uh, sponsor the team? No, nah, they were talking about that today. Like, one of the boys put in the message group, like, why doesn't Bendigo have a running company, Bendigo? Like, this boom. Because mm. they had something like 65 on the long run the next day. Like, the lid's fully off in Bendigo. Like, the, there's got to be a running, running boom coming out of that town. But, mm. And we... Bendigo is different to Ballarat and Geelong as well. Like we, oh, well, have a guess. What do you reckon the marathon record was from a Bendigo person before Andy ran his two twelve? Wasn't it Gleisner? No, well, no, like from a Bendigo person. Like Richard, Ra- yeah, went and lived there for a couple of years. Ah, oh. two twenty, two twenty something, two twenty four. So like. Ballarat has the Monas and the Collis and Geelong has the Mottrams and the Troops and, and, you know, the Landys and all those kind of people. But, like, Bendigo's never had a running culture, so we were always just – we just had this expectation growing up that these are things that Bendigo doesn't do. Um, so it's really cool to see us being competitive now and, yeah, being up there. So, um, yeah, there was and – to, and to beat, like, Western A's with Jack and St. Stephen's with Stewie, like, that's something we, we were kind of hoping we were going to get third – um, and it looked like we we're going to be fourth for a while there, until Archie had a really good like second lap and kind of put us back in the race and and gave Andy an opportunity to um yeah finish it off. So anyway, good work. Yeah, I, I, I think it is a very special thing when you've got mates and it's locals. team like it's yeah you train together. Yeah. Um, you have a bond and you like cross country. It's it is like playing footy. It it's dirty. You get down dirty. People work hard. You do stuff for someone else out mm. on that course. You don't do it for yourself. And it really and happens in running. Like every, I love so, it. Such yeah. an individual sport that, like, that's why the feelings around this weekend were different than, like, the stuff you do individually where you kind of can only celebrate by yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think – I don't know whether you remember, but there was a um, – there were a couple of premierships, Geelong one, and you and, – and one was with some ring-ins, and yeah. it had – and, and it didn't and that feel was me and good. I didn't feel that kind of thing. Yeah. Because I wasn't was a part of the team. Like it's you're a part of the team but you're not. You're driving down there to kind of do a job, do your performance, go home. Yeah, but we had it later. We had mm. it when we were a team. We hired buses, everyone would travel on the bus down. Yeah. Um that and and that's what you guys have now. Yeah. And it, it is it's a, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have some people come up, try and knock you off now. You win jowls, you are the target for the year. I know, and how things change really quickly that we were like the Divi 2 team coming up that people said probably didn't deserve to be there and like we just wanted to prove that we deserve to be there and like not get relegated to now, as you said, the team that's like, we got to beat that Bendigo Bats team next round, mm. which brings a whole different um, expectation and pressure. So, but hopefully some of these young kids can, can handle it, no worries. But anyway, we'll do a deep dive on um, Bat Chat. Mine well, how's your depth podcast. though? What's, what did your second division team come we our second division team was Div Four, and I think they won that by minutes. Um, yeah. Well, that's so. a, that's a sign. And we death had and we had two other guys. Like our sixth runner, Brian, he ran nineteen fifty eight, and we had 
another guy run 1955, the Beast, in a different division. Yeah, I'll division. tell you what, the Beast and is Glenn McMillan also it. ran sub-20. And the good thing, yeah, so it's just, but yeah, you need depth. You need 10, you need at least 10 guys who can run Premier Division throughout the season for a mm. six-man team. Yeah, there's always going to be injuries pop up. There'll be other races. Oh. Bendigo will have a fun run. Everyone wants to win that. And um, then you'll have one over in, like, the middle of nowhere that people aren't going to show up for. Well, the biggest problem is our potential star of the team goes to Commonwealth Games and misses um, a, a couple of rounds. That's, that's a big problem. That is going to throw quite a bit of a spanner in the works. So, um, yeah, you go from, especially when, you know, the individual race is where you finish in the race, that's a point you score. So he finishes first, score one point, lowest team, lowest points wins. Um, you replace him with someone that, you know, finishes 40th or 50th. It's a, it's a whole different score your team's getting. But anyway, I'm sure we'll uh, discuss those things as they come. And then on Sunday, I got out for two hours, um, 4.20 pace bit tired, didn't have much sleep, got out at 6am so I could be home at 8am to uh, do some dad work after missing some hours on the Saturday. The boys actually left at 8am, so as I was coming in the driveway, Nathan and Archie were, were starting their run for their 90 minutes, so um, yeah, two different lifestyles I live in there. But boys, you didn't, Moose, you gave, gave me heaps of shit for me cross-country run here at Jales Park last year, you didn't give me any praise for the 1826. Which you is, didn't give me a chance. You've been is, talking non-stop. Right. Like, I couldn't the, even get in. I give you a bit of praise for the team. I, I actually thought it was a great run. I've been brewing mm. on, on on your comments, boys, for the last 12 months about my shit run in Jails Park last year. Oh, I can't oh, even remember. remember. You can tell it how shit it was. Remember, you, remember you were saying, Crokes, you're like, oh, it must be because you don't run hills. You're just no good at cross-country. I remember you guys. Well, Moose was like, I thought you, you were doing a tempo. And I'm like, oh, I, was, I was working hard last year. Well, this is this is a bit training talk, but I reckon that I reckon that you're completely different to like you're you're training completely different to how you used to train. Like I feel like you used to flog sessions oh, yeah. a lot since, more since the than what you than what you have. Yeah, true. Um, I've been doing a bit my, more like you have. Yeah, and my second comment when it comes to tapering, like I think tapering depends on how cooked you are before your main event. Now. I would argue that you, like you did an hour 45 like a couple of days beforehand whereas I, I reckon if you did an hour instead of an hour 45 I don't reckon you would have run any like mm. any better but the yep. thing is you, you you weren't cooked going into this week so you know doing an hour 45 a few days before if you're not cooked it doesn't you know you can still run well off that mm. um but that's a, that's a whole other discussion but yeah it just goes to show I think you're training a bit smarter I've I've changed my 305 pace to three ten pace that's one yeah. thing i've and done for one session a week and it's much easier yeah, to hit. A, well it's easy to hit it's enjoyable it's sustainable and you you feel you feel like you're flowing a lot better in sessions rather than pushing and fighting it and looking down at your watch going oh how, how long till this rep finishes because i'm starting to get pretty tired yeah 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 but um so yeah. good work no i was happy with that cross country like and i just enjoyed it like i loved the 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 mayhem of cross country like lapping people and not having a line to run on and like not being able to see where your feet land and yeah it's it's a different beast if you've never done cross country before go watch one or or watch the video or enter yourself or something like go and do one because it's a complete different side of running that a lot of people would have no idea about who have been involved in running in a long time if they're just doing road races and stuff is it? I reckon they need something like this. They need some sort of invitation uh, entry into Jails Park 
because like you said, paying 400 bucks or whatever is, is not going to let someone come in and experience cross country unless they're fully committed to it. I think there needs to be some sort of like uh, pay 50 bucks for this race or whatever, come and experience if you like it or not, um, have a sample of cross country. And I reckon that, that you'll get the buzz and that's when you get hooked and you join a club or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think, yeah, one of the things I think they need to do is make the membership six and 12 months. So like when I'm paying my 390 or whatever it is, that's for the winter pass, but it's for my 12 months Athletics Victoria registration and my 12 months Bendigo Harriers registration. And like I might pay that and never run track between, say, September and, and March, April. And there's a whole lot of people who will do the same. So they should reduce those like membership costs for starters, like just cut it in half. And then if you want to do the track stuff, you're going to have to fork out more money. But I think yeah. a lot of people at Jails Park probably wouldn't run. Like, you know, Rab, for example, like past interview, he's, he's doing a 6K relay league. I don't see him on the track during the during the summer. Um, so I think they need to reduce that for starters and then, yeah, have some kind of invitation, which they do do for like Albert Park and like the, the half marathon and stuff. I know you can do that individually. But but even the vibe down there, like, like you're getting all those – um, I always see them come up on Instagram, like all those like hipster um, photographers and stuff. Like they're all starting to rock up to these cross country meets, which is pretty cool. Been getting tagged in photos, flat out the last two days. Like mm. it's it's starting to filter over into that into that scene. Yeah, it's getting cool. And even just my like run to PB hat on, like we've got a lot more like rec runners now who are now joining AV clubs to be involved with the relays and stuff like that as well. So. Um, but I still think the the entry, the money point, is um, yeah something they need to figure out because it's hard to convince people to you want to come along. Cool, you just need three hundred and ninety bucks, and you're in. Yeah. So I think um, like New South Wales Athletics is trying to do something similar where they have like a like a run New South Wales event package where you like you, you basically pay a reduced amount for say three events. So it could be like Sydney ten. Uh, it could be like the um, New South Wales half marathon champs that they have out at Homebush. So that's a way of people being able to just sort of sign up for three events as a little package to get yep. a taste of it. Yeah, yeah. and sorry that, sorry, that 390 includes my winter package, which is the mm. six individual races, but then our club pays for the four relays. So, yeah, that's so I don't have to enter anything now between, yeah, now and September. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, yeah, the, the cost and stuff of it. But anyway, let's uh, move on. Thanks to Patreon supporters. Bradley, would you like to kick us off? Sure. I've got Neil Wills this week. Neil lives in Daventry, UK. We have some estimated best um, on Strava of 1948 for 5K, 40.41 for 10, 95 for the half, and 3.59, which he did at the Liverpool Marathon in 2018. Uh, he's got a pair of those new streak flies and pretty good swagger on him, arm sleeve and a good tan. So thanks for your support, Neil. Thank you, Neil. Streak flies, Moose. When are they hitting Australia? Well, late May, actually. Or not? maybe maybe mid to late May, I think. Okay. I've heard mixed reports. Yeah. I've heard only bad reports. Yeah. No, I've, been, I've heard good ones, too. Have I've you? heard, like, fun, snappy track shoe oh yeah but you've also got to sell them <laughs> oh, sorry mate these things i have a line for these out the door like oh, we got one shoe for every 10 people that want one so that's oh, not okay. a problem but um i just don't i just 
I, I know what I like in a shoe and it and ain't what this shoe has. So I'm with you guys. Like, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I've only been, yeah, hearing that it's like, it's not, um, it's not needed almost. Like, why would you buy it when you can wear the Vaporfly? I think it's really good for younger athletes. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I don't think it's great for masters athletes like us three. Um, yeah. but, but I think it's, yeah, brilliant for young people who should be maybe like limiting their time in super shoes when they're, however like until they need them (laughs) until they actually need the benefit of them good point thanks chris hope you're enjoying your pair of them over there chris and mark that was neil actually yeah chris is coming up next now neil didn't look he didn't look mastered at all he looks pretty good that tattoo on his uh on his arm sleeve there (laughs) tan looked like a wild boy neil and from uk got a tan must have been on a holiday somewhere i reckon yeah, yeah they'll, go to, they'll go to Portugal, don't they? Portugal and Spain, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Who are you thinking, Moose? i got Chris Metcalf from Clarendon, which is near near sort of Ballarat. has a population of 145, which is small. Um, probably not a running store in that town. Has visited Las Vegas. You boys been to Vegas? No. Yep. Yeah. Have you, Moose? I've been a couple of times. Have you? Yeah, it's not my favourite place in the world. Do you have casinos and stuff there? Is that what you no. do? Second time I stayed in my hotel room the whole time. Oh, it was fucking dreadful. <laughs> it is a disgusting place. Is that disgusting. when you were running for Chico State? No, I was on a holiday with Bree. Oh. And I went for a run. I went for a run down this, like, it's a pretty hard place to run. It was about 40 degrees. And went for a, tried to find somewhere to run, ran down a railway track. I thought it would be like a rail trail, but it just went into the full-on ghetto of Vegas. It was just strip clubs, but not like, not like the strip clubs you see on Entourage and stuff. Like dirty, dirty strip clubs, and just junkies everywhere. And oh, it was no good. It's not a good, not a good city. But outside of that, there's actually some really nice running, like the national parks and. Um, you're close to Utah, you're close to the Grand Canyon. So Isn't the Formula One doing one in Las Vegas this year? They're going to go down the strip? I don't know. Pretty sure. I reckon that's well, true. Yeah. A lot of people would know that because they watch that really popular TV show. Oh, Drive to Survive. It's so good. You watched it? I watched this, this season, but I didn't get into it. Like oh, everyone really? else is loving it and I just couldn't get it. Okay. Anyway, Chris, he uh, been a bit crook recently, coming good now. Ran around Vic Park. Vic Park, iconic run location in Ballarat. Estimated best on Strava as 23 minutes, 49.51 and 1.50 at the Begonia Half, which was recent, odd event, had people running down the main street, no road closures, basically find your own way around that course. Real interesting. Toby, Toby, your mate Toby, uh, he 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 couldn't find his way around the event. Ended up going off course somewhere, and got. Um, oh, that's right. It was his, and then got blasted because it was his fault. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. And um, so yeah, big Toby runs for Geelong now. I did see him down there, first leg, gave him the big dog leg. Yeah, well, he still ran the fastest for Geelong, so deserved earned Andy it. Spot. I saw yeah. uh, I saw Matty Gunther on the clipboard down there as well. Yeah, he's the big he's the big dog of Geelong cross country now. Just coming off COVID though, literally Ooh. a few days out from isolation, so did, he he might have been putting himself on leg one if it wasn't for that. That's good dedication for the team, straight from COVID into a Jails Park relay. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's the driver at the moment. Oh yeah, he's the marquee athlete, isn't he? No, he's driving. He's the Brett Coleman of older older oh, days. Really? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to thank Joe Bailey. She lives in uh, Canberra now, but originally from Tasmania. Estimated best on Strava, 1906, 4008, 130.01 at the Launceston Half Marathon. Uh, 3.28 at the Canberra Marathon in 2019. What was the weather like that day, Crows? Can you remember? Uh, Uh, Yeah, I don't remember actually. Big fan of uh, Kipchoge. She got a couple of photos of Kipchoge on her Strava and also a photo of uh, Ali Pashley, Lisa Waitman and Sinead Diver after the Olympics and a lot of photos of nature on her Strava photos. She's got Launceston 10K coming up into the Gold Coast Marathon. She loves Japanese food and um, she has a pretty interesting job. She works for the government up there, Croaks, in Canberra and she works in health communications. So you know all those messages that we were getting about the COVID rules and restrictions? Mm-hmm. She was the one literally writing what the politicians were, were instructing. All right. Mm. It's pretty cool. She's also uh, one of the Run to PB legends, coached by Sophie Fit. So uh, that's where I got most of that information from, straight from her coach. So good luck, Joe, for the, uh, the 10K and the half marathon. Oh, the full marathon coming up. A leader in sports micronutrition, Pillar Performance is changing the way micros are used in running performance and for endurance athletes globally. Pillar has become the choice of Australian sport thanks to their formulation quality and batch testing program. Currently working with Ben St. Lawrence, Izzy Bat-Doyle and Lucy Bartholomew, along with more than 40 professional sporting teams. Made by athletes for athletes, Pillar leaves no stone unturned when it comes to ingredient quality and potency. Offering some of the strongest formulations on the market, Pillar's range supports optimal recovery, elevates energy production, relieves inflammation and boosts immunity. When it comes to recovery, their best-selling triple magnesium powder is a must-have for any serious runner. Featuring three forms of bioavailable magnesium to optimize recovery, improve sleep, and have you backing up after every session. Ramping up your program in the lead-up to the Gold Coast Marathon, Pillar's vitamin C and zinc is perfect to help fight off sickness while your training load is high during the colder months. The Pillar team has an exclusive offer for Inside Running listeners. Head to their website and use the code INSIDE20 to receive 20% off at checkout when you purchase two products or more. To redeem this offer, or for more information on Pillar's performance and their range of sports micronutrition, head to pillarperformance.shop. Alright, fellas, running news, go to America. Anyone watch it? Saturday during the day it was on. No, I saw some live uh, like splits, but I didn't actually see the race. Okay. No, I didn't watch it. Didn't, was that work? The, the crew at work had the uh, results, kept refreshing the results, but... Um, but we didn't watch it. A bit of hype getting around Giles Park as well, as well. Just people like floating the results around. Oh yeah. Jack well, Ryan was actually good. was the one who told me the results. How's that? Oh yeah. Spoke to him after the leg, and I said, "How do you heard any results from America?" And he said, "Yep, Nat Rules ran fifteen oh six. She's going to the World Champs, Com Games, and he knew the Rose Davies and the uh, Brett Robinson result. But which one do we start with? Like... Good little name drop. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just actually, let's shoulders. Start. Let's start with Nat Rule because for me that was the that was the standout run, fifteen oh six, and I reckon later in the year when we're doing our year in review, she has she's contender for most improved. Like she's been like killing it this year. Give it to her now, um, Crooks. I reckon. Give it to oh, her in the ninth of May. It's pretty quite like it's, you, it's yeah. Somebody really has to come out of the woodwork to beat her in that competition now. I reckon. Um, like it's fifteen oh six. Like that's moving. So she ran sixty four last lap um 
Bianto puts her number seven on the all-time Australian list. So uh, I guess she's, yeah, box seat now for a World Champs and Com Games um, selection, but I guess we won't know until the team's announced. Yeah, well, she she's had, a World Champ selection. But she had to yeah. s- really secure it by winning nationals, didn't she? Which she yeah, did, so they, hadn't done. You know, if, if a couple of others come out and run faster than her, oh, yeah, she's no guarantee true. yet, but she's certainly in the box seat. Um, yeah. Another great result, Rose Davies was third in the 10K, uh, 31.18, which was a PB, and I think like seven seconds underneath the world champs standard. Uh, Izzy Bat Doyle was seventh in the same race in 31.58. Rose's run now puts her to fourth on the Australian all-time list, Um, and, yeah, she lowered her PB by 21 seconds in in that race. Um, and yeah, last but not least, Brett, uh, finished second in the 10k, I was sort of following the live splits of this and it looked a little bit sort of tactical and I think 10k on the track, like it goes to show how much being in the right race is really, really important. Like Brett was obviously hoping to go closer to that world, um, champ standard of what, 27, 20 something. Um, and you know, based on his fitness, he probably wasn't that far away but you know, you don't if you if you're not in that right race where you can just sit on a train, um, then it's it's hard. So um, yeah, twenty seven fifty one. It was a PB for him, um, but yeah, obviously not that close to the world championships time. So not sure what that means for him now because um, he doesn't have the world champs marathon time. Uh, maybe discretion for Com Games marathon, but I, I didn't think he wanted to do that one from all reports. But did he not want to do it because he was thinking he's going for the 10k? Yeah, maybe. And like I don't know, maybe he's got another chance somewhere else for the for another crack at the 10. Isn't um night of the 10,000 meter PBs this weekend in the UK? You know that sure. one they run through yeah. the beer tent and stuff, like fireworks. And I, yeah. I know you probably can't get into it with five days' notice, but mm. yeah. But I really feel like it's hard to know. Like, but if he was in say say he was in the same shape as in now, but it was in the race where Jack, Jack. ran, yeah. yeah, like you know. Brett runs 27, 20 something there potentially, but it just comes down to that sort of those race conditions where I, I saw there was one lap there pretty early on where they ran like a close to a 70 second lap. I think it was, or a 69. It's like, well, that's, <laughs> that's not conducive when you, when you're trying to chase a, a world champs time. I heard they didn't have the wave lights on and um, no paces. Yeah. Yeah. I just, what some random told me at, um, at um, yeah, Jales Park. Not sure how but then they, that was, but yeah. But then they had paces for other events, like the the men's five, um, like Ollie Hall paced mm. that one, where Jakob ran like, what, 13 low for 5K? He ran 13.02. Sam McIntyre was in the same race, 13.24. Yeah. Um, Isaac Hayne DNF in the B race. Jack Bruce was um, in that B race as well. He came eighth in 13.51. And then Moose, did you catch the fifteen hundred? Or you want to talk about the results, the fifteen hundred and Paige Campbell? Yeah, I didn't, okay. didn't catch any of this running, but I did. You know, I see right here that Abby Caldwell came sixth in the fifteen hundred. She ran four oh five. Was it uh, that Gabrielle? Was it Gabrielle Stafford? Yeah. Gabrielle. She yep. won four oh three. Just left the Bowman Track Club. See her sisters uh, left as well. Since we were talking about that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, she um. She got under the standard, but uh, Abby didn't, but good run. And Paige Campbell ran in the second division of the 5K, 15.36. I think that, does that equal her PB? I think she just ran that PB last week. Similar to what she ran the other week over there. Yeah, 
Yep. It's a bit hard to um, – there are a lot of Aussies in action and knowing when they're all going to pop up. Mm. I know Athletics Australia, like Lockie Morehouse, does a good job. Yeah, they're, getting summar- better, they're getting better at it. That's yeah, sure. yeah, good job at summarising it. And I think they've just got to – I know they did it last week, but just, yeah, keep posting that stuff about what's coming up this weekend so you can, um, yeah, know what to follow. Already spoken about Jales Park Relays, boys. Did I tell you final teams? Bendigo Bats, Western A's, Box Hill for the men. Stewie had the fastest time, 17.30 of the day. Um, Jack Rayner, 17.40. Andy Buchanan, 17.41. The women's race, um, this was won by Box Hill, 148.23. South Melbourne second, 152.33. Glenn Huntley, 153.13. Lyndon Hall, haven't seen her in a cross-country race for a while. She um, spiked up and she ran the fastest leg of the day in 2007. Georgia Hansen from Box Hill was second in 2015. And uh, Stella Radford from Box Hill was third in 2042. A couple of those ladies getting a run in uh, Geelong's Divi 1 team moose with times like that. Easy. Uh, Geelong's Divi 2 team. Divi 1 team. Mm, nah, I think, oh, yeah, maybe. 2007, maybe. 2015, 2042. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's pretty good. Geelong 7th, they do 6K. 7th or 8th. Jesus. Really? Nice, nice little dig there from Brady. It's funny I'm... considering that we've hand-delivered him a couple of premierships back then and now he's just quick to jump ship. No, I'm trying to get you revved I'm up. I so appreciate that. trying to just trigger that competitiveness. So, like, it just brings out the best in everyone. I want, yeah, I want targets on the back of the Benigo bat so then we get all the big dogs in the same races. Jamie Cook, I heard, actually sent an email to Geelong Region Cross Country, said, here for a transfer. <laughs> I'm not respected in my town. And so I want to come. I, I heard you guys have good culture. And I said, yes, Jamie, we do. You're welcome. The Beast is very happy in the Bendigo Bat singlet. And oh, is he, though? He is, is he, though? He is. I was warming down of him. He's happy. Yeah, he'll, he'll be. He'll come out firing the Beast. Don't worry about that. That's a good position to be no. in when you've got people fighting for Geelong, in, a, in a Geelong singlet, he will. You want to earn your spot in a decent team, I reckon, instead of being handed one. Uh, Jack oh. Pe- <laughs> what was that? Oh, hand- you- Oh, well, you know what? You know oh, what, what the joke say? Handed a spot in Premier Division. <laughs> How many times are you going to use that trick? Did you hear uh, Crosby on the Bendigo Bats podcast talking about that? Nah, I didn't hear it. Don't listen to that podcast. As if we were listening to that <laughs> he, he, said, he said something like, anyone who thinks that got to have a good hard look at himself if that's their opinion or something like that. It was good. It was a good line. He had oh, some well. good stuff to say, Tim Crosby. Bendigo Bat chat. Uh, Hey, that's you thinking that. That's who he was having a dig at. Had a couple of digs at Geelong. I didn't mind, to be honest. Uh, do, we, do we invoice Bendigo Bats, Moose, for all plugging this yeah, podcast? I'm done with this. Oh, guys, you I gotta, am done with this. You've got, you got to type, tell me your tales as well, and then just bad chat. That's how you find it. Um, anyway. Can we, let, talk, about, can we let, talk about something else? Yeah, let's talk about this track meet over in Japan. Moose, this is your call. Okay, yeah. Uh, two Australians, Georgia Griffiths ran 406 for the win, and Ben Buckham ran 840 for ninth in the steeple. Mm, Bucks, good to see him back. So mm. he'll. What's he got around? What, 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 what happened to Bucks? Was, did, was he injured? Yeah, because he didn't do nationals, did he? No. Yeah, I think, you know? he, I think he had a little injury and then was just stringing trainer back together. I don't know anything officially. I'm just going off like Instagram photos, I see. Yeah. And he's already qualified, hasn't he, like for Worlds and Com Games based for, on what he ran at the Olympics? From the Olympics, but yeah. because he didn't do nationals to then get that Australian title. He's yeah. now got to wait for like to get picked instead of like yeah. putting himself but, on the team. But yep. it's un- unlikely that you're going to have three guys run the standard 
Mm. It's a very yeah. hard stand to hit, isn't it, mm. that steeper one? Yeah. Rightio, Croaks, this week's Training Talk segment is proudly brought to you by Lululemon. Lululemon have designed technical gear with the runner in mind to last more than a season. Head to lululemon.com.au to find out more. Mm. Pressure so, on this one, uh, Croaks, after last week. That was a good chat last week, Training Talk, Strides. Well, yeah, I had a few people message me who I coach asking for a bit more information about drills and strides, so sent them the old video. Dathan, did you go Dathan oh, or Andy? That's lazy coaching there. No, like, no, in terms of which ones to do. Like, I, yeah, I, don't, do, I don't do as much drills as, as I should, but, like, that's a good place to start, that video. So, it's a great place to start. Yeah, I yeah. was meant to do them tonight. I fully forgot about it as well. So tonight, like it's a session that I've been doing a lot over the last like three months and it's that six minute session off one minute rest. So um, generally I look to do between four and six reps of six minutes with one minute standing recovery. Uh, In terms of what pace you should sort of run them at, like they're around about your 60 minute race pace, um, give or take. But I wanted to talk more about how you should feel during them because that's, Probably one thing I've noticed from my traditional longer reps, what I used to do years ago to how I feel feel on these and also in between them. So when I, when I stop the rep, I feel pretty much recovered and ready to go after 40 to 45 seconds. Now, in the past, if I was doing like hard K reps or hard five-minute reps off, you know, 60 seconds recovery, like you look down and I'm sure you boys have had the same feeling where like time seems to go real fast when you're tired and you're like, oh shit, I've only got 10 seconds to go and I don't feel like I've fully recovered. So a key sign for me that I'm in the right zone for this session is after about 40 to 45 seconds of standing recovery, I feel like I'm good to go again. Um, And during the reps themselves, you always feel strong in control and you never get to the point where you need to look down at your watch going, how much longer until this rep finishes so if you feel like you're pushing if you're at the point where you're like looking down at your watch going how long until this rep finishes you're probably going a little bit too hard um what i like about the session is i get 30 to 35 minutes at around threshold but i can hold really good form for the whole session because that one minute recovery is enough just to reset and and, and go again whereas you know a lot of people do do basically the same pace that i'm running for these six minute reps but they do them for 30 minutes straight as like a tempo um, and, you know, start to sort of break down towards the end. So um, that's the session that I've been doing regularly, and you, you pull up from it feeling feeling really good, uh, and I think there's a lot of benefit to it. So what, pa- you, what we, pace did you, you you suggest, like effort, pace? About, about so for me, it's like 60-minute to half-marathon pace. So, on, so, on so it's threshold day. rep. These are yeah, threshold so Basically reps. threshold reps, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, yeah. I'd nearly argue it's sub-threshold, a bit slower than fresh threshold. Uh, at least yeah. start there even. Like you did on the weekend, you started at like 3.13, then you went 3.11, and then yeah. you like worked down to like 3.08, 3.09. Yeah. That's a and smart way to do them. And, and, but like what I wanted to get across tonight was more how you feel. Like if, if, you're, if, if you're still cooked 50 seconds into the recovery, then you're running them too hard. Likewise, if you're looking down at your watch with you know, two minutes, three minutes to go, going, how long have I got to go? Because I'm, I'm feeling like I'm struggling, then you're going too hard. So, but yeah, roughly around that 60 minute race pace. Um, and it's, yeah, I think it's a safe way of getting a lot of threshold work in because you, you know, that minute recovery is enough just to, just to recover so you can feel good for the next six minutes where if you're trying to do 30 minutes at threshold, 
um, you know, you get to 20 minutes and the last 10 minutes does become a bit of a grind and your form does does fall away, I find, sometimes. Yeah. Yep. I um, When I did that 10, 8, 6 last week, similar kind of vibe to what you're talking about now, I, in my plan, had two minutes to jog after the eight minute before I started the six minutes. And after the eight minutes, like a minute in, I'm like, I think I'm ready to go here. I'm just mm. going to make this 90 seconds. And it like yep. wasn't a big deal. But if, yeah, as you said before, like if I was training a bit faster, like I probably was six, eight months ago, I would have mm. been looking for every one of those seconds in that two minutes to try and recover. Yeah. And start um, off, you know, start off four reps as plenty initially and then just slowly build it up. Um, like even three, you know, if, you're not, if you don't run much, even three reps, like it's still 18 minutes worth of, you know, quality running. But the, the more often you do it and the fitter and stronger you get, just try and add a little bit more, uh, add another rep. Can we just drill in here, the, back to that pacing, the pace you could run a half marathon on that day, not your goal half marathon pace? Uh, I don't know. I reckon it's I reckon it's probably close to your like half marathon pace because when you think about it, you're only doing it for six minutes and you get a, you get a minute recovery. Like I don't, you, no, it is for I an disagree. AL level, but think about someone who's running an hour 40 Sorry. Yeah, yeah yeah so, so 60 yeah so they need to convert sorry, it to roughly what you could hold for 60 minutes yeah, yeah. that's right so if and, i said and, to you croaks on saturday when you did your six by six minutes at three tens on that day you could have done 60 minutes at three tens we'll, we'll see no i don't know i don't know in a training session i could have i don't think mm. i could have no so i actually think especially that's, tired workout yeah. like you've got heavy stuff in your legs you haven't tapered yeah so i no think adrenaline. That's, yeah, exactly. So I think for that session, because you're only doing it for six minutes, you probably it's probably a pace that you could race a half, like race sixty minutes at. Yeah, I yeah. agree with on, you on a, on, a, on a race race day. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good point. Mm. And that's how many gonna... how many reps you do? I did five. Is that do you normally go four to six? Uh, mm. So when I was coming back from. Uh, like after, uh, like when I was building up, or if I I got sick or whatever, I, I did. So four was the minimum I've done. Uh, six is the maximum. But I normally yeah. sit like I normally do five. Um, like I was unknowing whether I was going to do six on Saturday, but because I figured it was um, you know my first session back after the race, uh, five was plenty. And you take a minute to two minutes. I take a minute. So yeah. I basically, but but it's not jogging. It's I pretty much just stop walk um if i want to just jog like a little bit in that time but as i said i get to like 35 45 seconds into the recovery and i'm like all right i'm ready i'm ready to go again yeah 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 this is often this is how i introduce threshold work to people mm. like instead of going out and going all right 20 minute threshold we'll do it'll be it'll it'll most likely be six minutes that'll be the um That'll be when we start where we start that. It could be could be three three lots of them. Yeah. It could be two lots, um, but then you can build off that. And some people prefer to just do their threshold work in intervals, and others like a bit of a longer mm. threshold as well. So, but it's a good start point. It's a lot safer doing it like that. Yeah, and because you, you can hold you hold form a lot better, like for that six minutes as opposed to trying to do you know fifteen minutes straight or twenty minutes straight. But um, yeah, for me the key points are that you should never be working that hard that you're basically looking forward to the rep ending and you're recovering well and truly before that minute minutes up yeah yeah safe way to train yep 
Thanks again to this week's Train Talk partner, Lululemon. Their new running range is designed with lightweight fabrics, thoughtful features like key size zipper pockets and mesh paneling to keep you running whatever the weather. Visit lululemon.com.au. We might skip um, listener question, fellas, otherwise it might drag on a bit. Moose on the loose, purchase the week, rules of Strava. Um, definitely have, a go- like, uh, I've been following on Twitter, like you have, I reckon, around the um, marathon last week where there was a six-year-old that was given, uh, that was that ran the marathon or, like, completed the marathon. I, I didn't go into the full details of it, but it sounds like, he didn't get an official entry. Is that right? And he, he was just sent off. I mean, like his parents encouraged him to do it. Um, I just saw something about Lee, like Lee Troop got in a bit of a Barney on Twitter today about it. Troop has been in Barney's for the last three days on it. Oh, has he? Yeah. 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 And Cara um, Goucher. There's oh, been yeah. a few heated tweet, Twitter debates going back and forward. And I think the parent is very defensive. Um, yeah. I, to be honest, I've been in the car on Mother's Day for the last two days and I've only seen you know like how the algorithm like sends your stuff at the very top I haven't uh-huh. I haven't done the research into it but I just saw a six year old run a marathon and thought that is stupid oh yeah Trivi's been he's been getting into it um, you opened it up now <laughs> look six year olds should not be running marathons let's end this right now surely like <laughs> there how, how can you be on the opposition exactly. we uh we, we we disagree sometimes moose but not on that <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh yeah. boy crazy that's oh, the poor yeah yeah i don't even want to say anymore yeah, yeah. six-year-olds should not be running marathons and and also in my mind teenagers probably shouldn't be doing ultra marathons like it's so much stress, a lot of examples of it not really working out in the long term. Um, and I don't think we should like, like there's so much running you can do that isn't extreme high stress on the body at that age when you're still developing and doing high mileage, even just high mileage running through your teens is not a good, um, it's just not a good, it's not good for your development of your body, of your social life, especially. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. Just I reckon there's this you, you're limiting yourself with potential when you when you run a hundred k weeks when you're a teenager and then you get to like maybe you're twenty and you run a hundred forty k week. Like where is there to go after that? Mm-hmm. It's just you, you're already kind of there's not a lot of room to move. I agree, Moose, and it's often at the expense of speed development. Which at the end of the day, like you're limited by how far, like if you can't run you know, 5K in a particular time, at the end of the day, you're limited to how fast you can run a marathon. And I find people that just go out and just do long stuff all the time really neglect that speed development, which is something that you can do when you're younger. Um, like, I know personally, like, I did a half Ironman triathlon when I was 18. Did you? Um, yeah, I didn't know much. Like, I didn't know much about, like, the whole sport or anything like that. And then it wasn't until I then went to uni- – and by that stage, I was only running, like, I don't know, probably 16 – I was probably a 16 to 17 minute 5k runner at the time but then when i went to university i then focused on track and i reckon me focusing on 1500 and the shorter stuff was the best thing i ever did in terms of my running development um whereas if i just stuck with the longer stuff i don't think i actually would have run as fast over all the distances as what i've run so yeah young people should be focusing on mechanics speed moving well young people should be enjoying being young 
as well. Yeah. Like doing young kid stuff. Anyway, uh, what's coming up? Gold Coast live show. The venue's booked, partner locked in. Excited to announce we did it last week. Pillar Performance as uh, getting behind the event as our partner for this event. Tickets going on sale this Friday, the 13th of May. They're going to go to Patreon supporters first to have the opportunity to buy them. And then they're going to the general public on Monday, the 16th. Um, Zach has been doing heaps of work on the uh, ticketing stuff and the promo posters and all those kind of things. So... It's going to be exciting. $5 discount if you're a Patreon supporter. Um, so, yeah. Anything else? They get the there, first boys? crack too, won't they? They, they get, get the, the first, first crack, get three days at it before we open it to the public. Yeah. What so, is it? Eight weeks? Eight weeks away. Less than eight weeks now. Is it eight weeks? God, yeah, it is. I think, it, I, think it's seven, I think it's seven weeks this Sunday. It's going to come around quick, isn't it? Yeah, sure is. Some, yeah, it's scary. 2.30 to 4.30 croaks? Uh, yeah, so, so... Perfect time to have a beer post-race. Do, do, Yep, doors are open 2.30, and then we'll start recording from 3. We'll have some big-name guests there, and we'll record the weekly show. So you'll get to hear the weekly show, the weekly recaps, the, uh, the all the different segments we do. We might cut a few. might be a super long show, but um, and then to have some interviews while we're there. Who have we had in the past? Ali Pashley came to one of them. Oh, the other one got cancelled because of the pandemic. <laughs> but we did have a good one up that year. We had, a, we had a live, and then, yeah, because I guess the only other live show we've done was down in um, Melbourne the with, Nike, the, with Nike. Nike. Yeah. Well, Moose and I did one in Ballarat with Collis. Oh, that yeah, was, that, was, that good. was the very first live that one. That was real good. That, we, we nailed that, I reckon. That was a good little show, so, intimate crowd. Yeah. That Find was, that on a past episode, won't you? It would, yeah. It wouldn't be in the iTunes one because it would come up. Um, They've only got like the latest 100 episodes, but if you go to Podbean, you'd be able to find the Collis. I think it was a two-part interview. Yeah, um, we went for a while. Went had live questions from the, the audience. We had like videos and stuff. Remember, you showed the video of those, um, the great, oh, not the great, uh, the one in um, Melbourne. What was it called? Great North Run? No, Great, great South Run. Nah, great Australian Run. Great Australian Run. Yeah, that was good. Anyway, so we'll do all those things. Get to see Brad in person. Might uh, dress up, Croaks. Might get you in a nice, like, fashions on the field suit. You can maybe bring the sash that you want on the weekend. Oh, the burgundy. Bring the burgundy. Bring the burgundy suit, Croaks. I won't, be, I won't be getting dressed up. Bring something. What can you bring? Like, listeners can have a look at. What have you got at home there? Uh, Did you win something for when you won the um, state championships of fashions on the field? Yeah, got, got a sash. Bring that sash. I'll bring a stall sash. Moose, what are you bringing? Um... How many trophies do you want me to bring? Just bring Great Ocean Road medal or something. Listeners can get a photo with that if they want. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Can I, anything? Should I bring some stuff to sell, do you reckon? Oh, yeah, you could. Got some merch? We got some merch left? Have mm. we? I don't know. Wouldn't don't it be know, a lot, would there? Got a little bit of merch. I've got a box in the store that we still pump merch out of. Do you Can know we... what our best bit of merch is? And I've been using it regularly. The Beanie. be- beanies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is the best bit of merch getting around. They must be high-quality real... beanies. They're real, uh, real deadbeat type look though when you wear that thing. Oh yeah, that's what I love about it—a real blue coal look. Yeah. Like I reckon if you just smoked having a ciggy coming out of your mouth with that beanie on and a tradie top <laughs> on, you would just yeah. fit in down at the local like tradie work site. We don't have any more of them left though, do we? Nah, nah, they've nah. been gone for yeah. years. They've yeah. been gone for years. Well, maybe Zaka can whip something up for us. Mm. He organised them last time, didn't he? The beanies. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, we'll be able to work. I think so. Out. Yeah. Anyway, fellas, what's coming up in your life, Croaks? Uh, nothing too exciting this week. Just a couple of sessions, long run. Yep. Yep. Moose, what do you got coming up? Oh, running this week. Running. Oh, Gration Road. I'm down there, Expo. So if you're coming through, coming through uh, down to the coast, you can stop in the running company, Geelong, Friday, Saturday. But I'll be down there on Friday evening, 
preparing the tent. We'll be rolling. We'll be rolling on Saturday down there. Get all your jowls down there. Bring some jackets. It's going to be freezing. Gloves, arm warmers, you know the drill. Is it going to be windy? It's going to be windy. Yeah, it's not looking great. Tailwind? Headwind? No, never a tailwind down there. Said that year, Nick Earl, what ran? That year that Nick Earl broke the course record. That was the only tailwind the event has ever had in its history, and that is a fact. Bit of barefoot running with Nick this weekend? <laughs> barefoot? Oh. That was, that was, wasn't that your thing last week? Because he's running too. He's going down, Nick Earl. Oh, is he really? Yeah, it's like Clash of the Titans down there. You've got Nick Earl, Ash Watson, John Dutton, I think Dion Finocchiaro. It's a pretty classy men's field. No, Watto. Gee, I'm a big fan of Watto in the field. Chuck I reckon he's been good. You've been seeing his workouts. They're looking good. Yeah. It could be a real epic battle, though. Like those four uh, at Jell's Park. Now these four are going to have a go at it. Nick Elfit? Nick Elfit? I think he's getting fit. He did 30k or something on Sunday with a fast finish, I think. Yeah. He's a 240 man, though. Watto's a lot tougher than him. Hey, um, how, far, how far is Warrnambool from the race? A few event? hours. Yeah. A couple of hours. Well, they got 25 to 35k winds northwesterly tending westerly during the day west that is a headwind <laughs> <Yeah>. basically <laughs> rough. every yeah and you turn the cape cape pattern at about 30k you come up the hill you've done the half before brady yeah you know the top of that hill where you get to the top there's a lookout yeah you see apollo bay in the distance and you and then all of a sudden you feel the wind hit you as well that's mm. that's a nasty point and that's where they're going to cop that headwind right then those conditions will be good for Watto though ballarat they will strong they will. strong runner He's pretty. Um, he's he's been in Ballarat a long time. He's run two twenty four. You know who's going to sit right behind whoever's winning though. Yes, I do know um, that. You won't see him to a hundred meters to go. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, still reckon he's stronger than him. Looking forward to reporting on that next week. Actually, that'd be a good bit of news for us. Do you know anyone in the women's race? Uh, actually, no, did I hear Sinead Divers running the half? Did you hear that? In that hasn't been promoted, but don't know. And I reckon Kelly Thackeray. She's, oh, yeah, she's she, going to do the double. She's wasn't doing she? the double. She's going to yeah. no, no, no. She's doing a different double. She's oh. supposedly this is all secondhand. She's doing the Great Ocean Road fourteen k on the Saturday Arvo, and then flying to Sydney to do the Sydney half marathon on the Sunday because that's got five k prize money. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Hmm. Which that's another big race happening this weekend. What is it? Sydney, Sydney Morning Herald. Herald half oh yeah, yeah, that's Hilly too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, some big, uh, big road races coming up. All right, boys, we're done. Oh, you guys don't know when's the Commonwealth Games team getting announced? Do you know anything about that? No idea. No idea. I want to know when that announcement's coming out. All right, do it all again next week. Uh, interview. Luke Matthews was going to get me one, so if it comes, it will be on the end of this show. If it doesn't, it will be on next week's show. See you, boys. Have a good week. Yeah. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand. Head to pillarperformance.shop to learn more about their formulas and how they support recovery, elevate energy and relieve inflammation.